In these bleak days, humanity is at a breaking point. Economies are tanking. The woke mob is canceling everything. And the little guy, who's just trying to run a small business, is getting screwed from both ends. But not all is lost. Amidst the chaos, two men offer up their voices in the darkness, dropping 2,000-pound laser-guided truth bombs on today's lunacy. Introducing the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. Buddy, there you have it. We don't often go classic punk, but you almost have to when the queen has recovered from COVID and is back to doing, you know, person-to-person meetings, all three and a half feet of her. So, you know, along with the Sex Pistols, you and I love to say, God save the queen. Yeah. I mean, what a what a, a an impressive woman, world leader, 70-year reign on the throne. This is David Pridham. We're back. Of course, Brad, we mean business every time we're on the air, but especially this week, a lot of business news to get to, news that impacts everyone's day, whether you're a small business owner, an employee, or just someone who's a street vagrant. Uh, We are here to help you out. Uh, Again, you can learn more about our program on our website, ipfrequently.com. Brad, we have record traffic on the website this week, and we have record numbers of followers on the Insta face at IP underscore frequently. Right now, everything is trending in the right direction. Well, (laughs) you know, sort of at a micro level, at a macro level, buddy, you might say the trends are, uh, you know, kind of up and down at best. Uh, yeah, the world's going to hell, but we're doing we're doing quite well. Uh, we're here each Saturday on Cable Radio Network, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific. We're happy to be here live, taking you through your Saturday. And next week, Brad, the wait is over. Um, we'll be starting the 80s Bracketology, where we have 80s songs uh, arranged in various brackets in different shapes and sizes, uh, lining up with the NCAA tournament. We'll be revealing those brackets this week. On the oh, Instaface. Right, right on. on the I'm glad that made a comeback. So we are, we already know the top four, right? We, we, we know already the, know the, the top four seats. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah and I'm sure somebody wrote that down. I'm sure they did. Well, I mean, you know, worst case, we can uh, review the tape, as they say. We can. We can. And again, we're in the middle of the Ides of March. We have our two big news items of the week, Brad, that uh, everyone really needs to um, pay attention to if they want to survive in this world. And this is where Brad and I go through piles of newspapers, magazines, periodicals, Brad, online um, uh, newspapers and news sources. And we find the two uh, news items you have to follow for the week. You have to write it down, everything we say. And then you go to your water cooler or bubbler or whatever you have in your work environment, maybe a coffee machine, I don't know. And you parrot back what Brad and I say here on the uh, on the old podcast. And you can just read this and you will literally be the most interesting person in your office or place of work. Yeah, certainly in the general location of the water cooler, bubbler or coffee machine. Exactly. And typically these stories are stories that Brad and I heavily curate over a period of time. We meet for many hours on these uh, news items. Uh, Of course, we don't discuss any of them because that would be inappropriate, like a a groom seeing the bride before the wedding. Um, But uh, this week, uh, Brad, you and I had an interesting discussion about the, the folks at 60 Minutes. I watched it this week. I made a mistake. I watched it and I was forever changed. Yeah, it wasn't good, buddy. You called me. You had had to explain you know, the whole Ukraine situation to your first grade daughter, uh, which is never a pleasant thing to have to do. And you can lay all the blame for that at the feet of 60 minutes. It's best if you just stay away from that one hour period. Yeah, I have not blocked it on the Hulu. I, I won't be watching it again, but I am forever um, changed. And I, I'm a little disappointed. First of all, I can't believe that old uh, Leslie Stahl is still alive. That's impressive. Um, but all the other greats, Mike Wallace, they're all gone. But 60 Minutes is just, and and let me tell you something else, 60 Minutes and a nice um, white burgundy, Brad, don't Mm -hmm. mix. Do Mm -hmm. not put on 60 Minutes if you're going to have a glass of wine. Do not. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's good advice in general, white burgundy or otherwise. Yeah, just keep the 60. I mean, if you have to choose between 60 Minutes and a good white burgundy, I mean, why in the hell would you ever pick 60 Minutes? Yeah, I mean, I, I literally had to go on the YouTube. Okay, I had to go on the YouTube after that, and I had to put on old Johnny Carson 
episodes just to calm my heart down, right? Just to no, watch that the was old good. Johnny Carson. That was Carson. a good call. Yeah, old school Johnny Carson. That's that's entertainment, my friend. Yeah, little little George Burns. Um, very nice, uh, very nice, uh, very nice program. Anyway, Brad, this week, of course, the Pridham family is going on its uh, annual spring break road trip. So next week, uh, I'll be from the road. I think you'll be on the road as well. But uh, one of the things I noticed in curating these news stories is that things cost a lot more today than they did uh, six weeks ago, six months mm-hmm. ago, and a year ago. And for example, gasoline. Now, the Biden administration, the folks that uh, you put in charge, um, some 80 odd million of you put in charge, are warning that gas, which is now at 361 a gallon. Right. It's up a buck from a year ago. Three sixty one a gallon um, is going to rise to about five dollars a gallon in time for the big summer driving season, at least. Um, and so obviously and, and, and look, everything else costs more food, costs more clothing, costs more. Um, just trying to hire someone, as you and I have done recently, costs more. Inflation is the biggest uh, news item in this country right now, and it is crushing small businesses. It's crushing uh, uh, individual workers. And you know, I talked to somebody yesterday at a high school, and he told me that the uh, janitorial staff can't afford to work overtime because when they work overtime and they have to continue to drive to work for extra shifts, the price of gas doesn't make it worth their while. And so you know, a lot of people out there are asking what to do. Uh, Brad, what do you say? My oldest daughter lives in Chicago, she texted me the other day. She paid five sixty one for you know just the lowest level of unleaded per gallon, my friend, per gallon. And so you can certainly see how folks can actually lose money by commuting to work. I mean, that makes a difference. And it just kills me that the the current administration just comes out and says as though it's no one's fault and uncontrollable, as though it's just a fact of life, the gas on average is going to go somewhere north of five bucks a gallon for the summer driving season and in other places will be significantly higher than that. And, and you know, they just announce it like, well, you know, I mean, this is just the way it is. You know, well, what are you going to do? Maybe, maybe if we become less reliant on foreign energy sources and more reliant on domestic energy sources. And frankly, I don't care if you're talking about fossil fuels or green energy. As long as we're making it here, that's better. But the Biden administration has shut down domestic production of energy, useful energy, right? The kind that actually works and works reliably and produces the energy that we need, as well as shutting down our ability to even mine the the raw materials that we need to produce things like batteries, which if you're going to go green energy, and that's all anyone talks about, you've got to have batteries. Those require very particular raw materials that we're not mining here in our own country. So not only are we becoming increasingly reliant on foreign sources for energy in general, we can't even store it with the things that we produce here. Right. So in view of what's happening in the world, that is crazy. And so unfortunately, the only solution is relatively long term. If you happen to be a small business owner and you have got to get your little two bit hiney out and vote. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think the smugness with which the administration delivers this type of news is amazing. That's right? incredible. I mean, for the president to blame, and, and of course, whose fault is it? It's Russia's fault. I mean, that, listen, and listen, we'll get to the whole Ukraine thing, but to say it's Russia's fault is such a lie um, yeah. that it is incredible that they even have the moxie to say that. Um, look, we shouldn't be buying any gasoline or any any natural gas or any oil from uh, from Russia. We shouldn't have any energy trade with Russia. We don't need it. We can supply it ourselves here. But when you have a green administration that's shutting all that down, which is literally the first executive order that he uh, signed was one to shut down uh, some pipelines in the U.S. And then you make it so difficult to drill, even at record oil prices. Um, America's uh, uh, drilling industry has been crippled by environmental regulations set up by this 
administration. And there's no way for uh, anything um, to galvanize them at this point. Even if he rescinded those executive orders, you're talking about six to 12 months before they can get back up and running to impact pricing. And so now we're beholden to Russia to the point where Guess what? When we stop buying um, these uh, energy resources from Russia, the prices go through the roof, up over 130 bucks a, a, a barrel of heavy crude. That, that's it, it's insane. And then at the same time, at the same time, you've got number two in the world, you know, the, the, the vice president there, Kamala, running around with Pete Buttigieg uh, saying it's time for Americans to buy electric cars and to transition to green energy. It's almost like this administration started everything off with this crazy series of executive orders to cripple our own um, energy independence, and then is sort of playing this Trump card with this Ukraine war and using it to crush middle America, to crush whole industries. And guess who's profiting from it, by the way? The huge oil conglomerates, that's who's profiting from it. And obviously the people in the green energy space and politicians, but the people that aren't profiting from it are the people in the middle, are the small business owners, are the employees, are the janitors, are the people that have to take public transit to work every day and are seeing price increases. Those are the people that are paying the price. Oh, buddy, the irony is just amazing, right? I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, first of all, to deliver that kind of message, as you just said, that, you know, look, it's not our fault, it's Russia's fault. That's all you need to know about how stupid these elites, these political elites think we are, right? They think that we're going to turn on our TV, look at our laptops, listen to the radio, what have you. We're going to hear that message and we're going to go, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It certainly cannot be the fault of any policy of this administration. It's entirely outside of their control. They just must think we are literally morons, right? And then you've got, as you point out, all of these, uh, you know, kind of eco regulations that make it very difficult to operate here. But still, buddy, there are companies more than willing to do that. There are companies lined up to drill for oil, there are companies lined up to build the pipelines, there are companies lined up to do the mining, all under even those incredibly constrictive eco rules, right? There's still companies saying, look, we'll do it. We'll abide by all of these regulations and do it, which would mean that that energy and those materials were produced in such a way as to be as safe as possible for the environment and for the people around. But instead, what do we do? We push all of that production out into countries who could give a crap about the impact on the planet, who could give a crap about the impact on the local populations around wells and mining and energy transport operations. They don't care. So while we're here at home, just crushing our own industry with these environmental rules, what we're actually doing is pushing the, because listen, the production doesn't go down. Okay, the need is skyrocketing globally for energy, right? So the production doesn't go down. We're just pushing it out to people who could care less whether they ruin the planet, right? So just the amazing irony of the administration thinking we're dumb enough to buy in to what they're selling while at the same time claiming that they're doing it to save the planet while pushing all the production out in areas that could care less about the planet is amazing. And again, we just have to wake up and pay attention, review some things, apply some logic, look through you know, reality goggles and not rose-colored lenses, and vote. Yeah, it's, it's insane. I mean, literally, the vice president, and we're going to get to some of the things she said about the Ukraine, because, listen, there's a lot that can be learned from this, this woman. But our vice president literally said we're in the middle of a turning point. We should seize the opportunity. We have the technologies to transition now to a zero emission fleet. Um, we can address the climate crisis and grow our economy at the same time. I mean, just 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 pap, right? It doesn't mean anything. It's just dribble. None of it is realistic. None of it is well, uh, supported by going to come from. Well, I that's mean, right. Electric cars have to be powered. That's exactly by right. power plants. It's crazy. But listen, we have uh, a couple more minutes here, Brad, and we're going to go to the other big story of the week that people need to know uh, before, um, you know, starting their their work week. Right. And in this case, Brad, we'll get back to uh, New York City, again, the woke capital of the world, where I think we talked weeks ago about the young gentleman, uh, Frank 
Abwaka, who um, is the feces bandit, Brad, the feces bandit. He would walk around subway platforms smearing his own feces on strangers' faces. Um, he was arrested a couple of weeks ago, and he has finally been freed without bail. Thank goodness. Um, and uh, been released. And the uh, hate crime charges have been dismissed as part of the woke restructuring of the New York City Justice Department. What say you, Brad? Well, yeah, I mean, that's what we're looking for, right? I mean, it's clearly racist to hold someone who's smearing poop in other people's faces, right? I mean, you just have to, if you want to live in New York, then that's just part of the charm of your residency, right? Is that you may at any moment kind of as a nice surprise, as a little add on to your jet, to your day, the cherry on top of your commute, you might get some crazy bastard's poop smeared in your face. And you can take comfort in knowing that he was already arrested for that activity, brought before the justice system, which saw fit to say, well, you know what? If we hang on to this guy, if we do anything to prevent that type of, you know, just kind of good times behavior, then that's racist. And so, you know, we will just release him. He is free to go. We don't want to charge him with, and we're certainly not going to charge him with a hate crime, right? But we don't want to charge him with anything that might restrict his freedom to go around smearing his poop wherever he sees fit and just kind of adding that little bit extra to either your residency or your visit to the Big Apple. And of course, the day after he was released and he's been arrested a couple times in the past month, the day after he was released the first time before the charges were dismissed, he spat on a Jewish gentleman in a subway and he screamed some racial epithets at that at that gentleman. So a real a real winner, a real champion. But at least this, Brad, I'll say this. The administration is rubbing feces in all of our faces with this inflation thing and with everything else they're doing for the borders to foreign policy. But they're lying about it. At least Frank Abwaka, at least he's being a little more upfront about it. Yeah, no, he's he's happy to do it. That's who he is. I mean, obviously, we don't want to restrain that kind of behavior in any way. And so I, I think we do have to concentrate on who the bigger criminal is here. The ones that are smearing poop onto the faces of the entire nation of the United States or Frank Abwaka, who's just doing the part, playing the role that apparently the people of New York want for him to play. Uh, next, Brad, we have the Betty White category. Of course, a few weeks ago, Brad kind of jinxed Betty White uh, the day before her death. And of course, she passed away as a result. And since then, we've been bringing you relevant news about uh, big time superstars um, and some of the maybe the uh, underlying issues that they that they deal with. This week is part of the Betty White segment, Brad, the Supreme Court, SCOTUS. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court has said that it will not it will not revisit the great Bill Cosby case. Of course, Bill Cosby was uh, convicted of a bunch of sexual crimes and then that was all overturned on what some would say is a technicality. Um, and the Supreme Court, the final line of defense for the prosecution, has said it will not revisit that case. It will not remand that case. Next, Brad, we get to the whole Ukraine situation. I mean, it is obviously just a mess. I mean, there is more um, uh, information, disinformation coming out of the Ukraine. But what we are seeing that we know is happening is that civilians are being slaughtered. Um, there are ceasefires to get civilians out. And then those ceasefires result in long lines that are then fired upon by apparently Russian troops. Um, nuclear power plants are being captured by the Russians. And then uh, subsequent to that, um, there are issues there. there. We hear there are issues at the Chernobyl plant with a leak. Um, so it is obviously a mess, this war, and it doesn't seem like anything is going to subside anytime soon. It, it, it's not exactly clear what uh, Putin wants. I mean, obviously, he wants to, to remove the Ukrainian government, but it's not clear what would satisfy the Russians in terms of getting to a meaningful ceasefire. It's pretty clear that NATO at this point is completely gelded and unable to do anything, including the whole uh, um, concept of a no-fly zone, which obviously the Ukrainians want and NATO is afraid to do because it could lead to World War III. Um, but but what do you think about this situation? It seems like quite the pickle that we've got ourselves in in the Ukraine. Oh, but I mean, it's warfare, right? And, and as such, it is always hardest on those you know, most incapable of defending themselves, right? I mean, I guess I'm I'm stating the obvious, but I mean, it's just heartbreaking to watch 
a war that you know obviously did not need to happen right this is entirely a war of aggression by russia on the ukraine you can paint whatever propaganda picture you want but the fact of the matter is that this crazy bastard putin has just decided much as saddam did back in the 90s that there's a part of the world that he wants and he's just going to go and take it and you know you can't as you said i mean nato is is in if nothing a pickle right because they they obviously don't want to start world war three but you have to start drawing lines someplace right i mean with a guy like putin he he is a bully right i mean the only thing that he will understand is force applied against his force now fortunately he and his leadership have just made a soup sandwich out of their assault right i mean they they're out of gas they're out of ammo their vehicles don't work i mean had this been a well-oiled well-planned military operation it would already have been over and who knows what the next step would have been right so the incompetence of the russian military has in fact slowed them down um, but that same incompetence is what leads to gross human rights violations like firing on lines of civilians right i mean that that is essentially a collection of I, I, muggers I, I don't even know what to criminals right? i mean the russian military is far from a professional military right and they have shown that in every operation that they've conducted over the last couple of decades and so there is no real question that should nato and the united states stand up to the russian military that the russian military would fold like a cheap suit in short order leaving putin a guy like putin with nothing but a strategic i.e nuclear option right? and so I, it really is a mess but again it's a mess that should have been dealt with long before it came to this right i mean putin has repeatedly demonstrated that he is willing to be an aggressor that he is looks at the world as it, it being there for his picking much like china does because the west simply will not meet force with force when it is appropriate and every time he has you know, made these incursions into other areas inside his own sphere of influence the west has done nothing right i mean they've 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 kicked their feet they've yelled and screamed they've applied economic sanctions and those economic sanctions are unquestionably having the intended effect they're ruining the economy which is doing nothing more than again backing a guy like putin into a corner right and this is not a guy who's inclined to say hey you know what my fault i apologize let's back this whole thing up Right, so I, buddy, it is it is, it is a mess. It is heartbreaking. It is costing, uh, you know, the lives of children, the lives of civilians, and you know, and it, all, it seems all we can worry about here in the United States is you know whether or not, uh, you know, the 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 Ukrainians are ever going to get the opportunity to drive electric cars now that you know Putin has, you know, invaded their country. It it, it is maddening. Well, listen, we promised you earlier on that we would um, and because the, the Ukraine issue is a little bit confusing. So we promised you earlier on that we would give you some help in sort of breaking it down. Right. And obviously, Kamala Harris, Brad, the number one diplomat in um, all of the United States has been sent to Europe, right, to Poland um, to um, assure our allies that the U.S. is here. We are strong. It's sort of like sending uh, John Foster Dulles over or when FDR would send Harry Hopkins overseas to meet with Churchill, we send Kamala Harris. And she broke it down uh, for the people that wanted to know what this was about. And she said, and I quote here, and again, those of you who are writing can drop your pens and just listen, quote, Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Uh, Russia is a bigger country than the Ukraine. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically, that's wrong, end quote. So there it is, Brad, broken down for you in layman's terms by our Vice President Kamala Harris. Kind of reminds me of when George Shultz went over um, and uh, spoke at the Berlin Wall back in 1984 and then led to Ronald Reagan uh, speaking there as well. This is what happens when you don't have adults in the room. And unfortunately, we haven't had adults in the room for a long time 
long time in, in, in terms of foreign policy. And this is what you get. You want some buffoon um, presiding over the spike in gas prices to unprecedented levels to a quote unquote transition to green energy with no plan and which makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, you want a border that's porous. You want people laughing at us uh, across the globe. You got it. Let's move on to something a little cheerier, what we call our tanned, rested, and ready segment, Brad. Um, former President uh, Donald Trump, speaking of adults in the room, is, uh, is lashing out at former Attorney General Bill Barr. Uh, Bill Barr's new book um, is, is pretty, it's pretty good. I'm about halfway through it. And it sort of outlines all of the things that uh, um, Barr encountered both before and after the election, and in particular, this whole voter fraud um, concept and the January 6th attack. I mean, Barr is pretty, uh, pretty clear that Trump was the one responsible for that attack, I, you know, the riot, whatever you want to call it. Um, but also, he, he mocked Trump in his book about voter fraud, um, you know, saying, you know, Trump wouldn't know voter fraud if it hit him in the face, and that everything that Trump was bringing up was all BS. And, you know, Barr is an example of an adult who was in the room, and obviously Trump asked for his resignation and fired him. But it's very interesting to see some of the behind-the-scenes stuff um, that was going on in the Trump White House, and I think it's pretty clear that that is something um, uh, hopefully we don't gravitate towards again. We had, for a brief period of time, an adult as the attorney general. Look what happened to the guy. Right? I mean, and, and I promise you, that the Trumpites will just be doing everything they possibly can to besmirch and besmear Bill Barr, right? So you can imagine what any other adult who may have established themselves in their career, shown themselves to be a professional, built up some public trust, built up some trust among his peers, and is potentially looking at an opportunity to serve the public trust in some sort of elected or appointed position and sees what happened, just throwing up their hands and going the hell with it. I, that, that is the last thing that I want to do. And so the only people left are these clownish children who we are just displaying all over the globe as just being lunatics. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. I, I like that. Look, Bill Barr, I think was a great attorney general under HW Bush. He, he was the only adult in the room, I think, in this last administration or one of the few. Um, but he, you know, he tried to do the right thing, I think, all the way through. And when it came to this election fraud stuff, I mean, look, we all saw a lot of the stuff that went on with people with ballots being removed and things being thrown away and all of that should be investigated. But the way that the Trump team went about it was wrong. And, you know, the, some of the quotes from Barr about those at those meetings where he told them it was all BS. And then he, he one of the quotes I really uh, like was when he talked about to Trump about the um, Trump lawyers, including Giuliani at the press conference with the the the, the dye dripping down his face. Uh, you know, he said, "quote I said the reason you are where you are, Mr. President, is because you wheeled in uh, you wheeled out a clown show of lawyers. Yeah, clown cars, something like that. Just a bunch of clowns." I can tell you right now, you could put a gun to that man's head now, and he would never, ever come back into government, both in terms of what he put up with within the administration, and more importantly, what he put up with with all these crazy theories about Russia and the whole Russia thing, which was a total hoax, and you know the, the, the people in Congress who tried to impeach him. I mean, this man has impeccable credentials. He is ethical, and it's sad, but someone like that would I, I wouldn't want to serve in government. Certainly, someone like that would never want to serve in government, because all it does is give you a headache and puts a stain on your resume that should never be there. Why in the world would you want to walk away from whatever it is you're doing and subject yourself to that? And, you know, of course, you can answer the question and say, well, you know, just the desire to do the right thing, the desire to serve, the desire to see your country succeed. I get all of that. And if any of that were possible, it would very likely be a motivation that could even overcome some of the rest of this jackassery, but unfortunately, with the folks that we've had in power of late, it's just not possible, right? I mean, again, if you're a Trumper, good for you. If you love Joe Biden, good for you. But look at the situation that we're in, right? As all of our mothers told us, actions speak louder than words, right? Where are we? 
And if we don't want to be here, then we have to choose new people to steer the ship. And there's, we, we can only do what we can do, right? You could, whatever country you happen to be in listening to this very fine program right now, hopefully it is in a country where you have some say as to your leadership, fix it. We certainly need to do that here in the United States, but buddy, it is an uphill battle. I mean, if you, it's easy enough to say, as I have been, hey, got to get out there, you got to vote. And that is true. But if you look at the list and it just says clown, Republican Party, clown, Democrat Party, clown, independent, what, you know what? It doesn't matter what party. If you're, you're, all you got are clowns, all you can do is vote for a clown and then you're going to get a clown show. And that is what Bill Barr was trying to explain. And of course, you see what it got him, right? He's, he got tossed out on his ear and he's got to deal with all the repercussions of that. And yeah, I mean, he's bringing some of that on himself by publishing this book. He's put himself in the spotlight, but I think he's trying to do what he has always done. If you look back at his history, he's just trying to say, Hey, look, this is actually what's happening and we should be paying attention to that. Yeah. It's, it's a shame, but Brad, let's move on. We've got a few minutes left in this segment. Uh, First COVID corner. Listen, the CDC this week said COVID is nothing more than sniffles. Meanwhile, Meanwhile, um, the uh, big convoy of truckers are headed towards D.C., a thousand vehicles strong, and their plan is to shut down the uh, the beltway around D.C. And listen, that could probably be the best thing that happens to D.C. Uh, since Reagan was elected. Oh, buddy, I, I mean, I have not been there in quite some time. I have not lived in D.C. since 2005. But I did live there for quite some time in my youth and then during my professional career. And the first question I had when I heard this news is, will anyone notice? Right? Yeah. I mean, the Beltway is effectively shut down most of the time. And I can remember times when, as a, a, an FBI agent, I would be trying to get from one place to another around the Beltway, you know, in an emergent situation, you know, lights and sirens. I just have to shut them off. I mean, there was literally everybody around me could observe the lights, could hear the sirens, and there was just nothing they could do. And all I was doing was being a general annoyance. So I just shut them off and radio in, hey, I, you know, I'm trapped. Right? And so I'm, I'm wondering maybe if they should pick a thoroughfare that people normally assume will be actually travelable, and then maybe they'll have more impact. But it'll be interesting to see what happens when that comes to pass. I mean, eventually it resulted in you know, a crackdown by police and military authorities in the great country of Canada. And we'll see what happens here. But we've got, you know, sort of co-equal leadership. You've got a complete moron in Justine Trudeau. You've got a complete moron in Joe Biden. And so one would expect that uh, you would see similar results there. One would hope they would cancel each other out at some point, but I don't think we're going to be so lucky. Next, Brad, RIP report. Johnny Brown has passed away. Of course, Johnny Brown, the 84-year-old, um, was best known as the uh, the janitor bookman on the uh, program Good Times, um, one of the first programs to highlight African-Americans. He was actually very funny, passed away in L.A. this past uh, week. And uh, although I don't think he did anything really after Good Times that I know of, He'll always be uh, be Bookman to, to me. Yeah, and uh, he will be missed. He was funny. He was great in that role. That was a great TV show. I remember, again, watching Dynamite. it in my youth, just, you know, just laughing out loud. And uh, you know what, buddy? It wasn't it, – it, it just goes to show that it is possible to be entertaining, to be funny, to have a point without being maudlin and over-the-top – and blaming everybody but yourself for the situation that you're in, right? I mean, that show was had the the unusual capacity to be funny about things that that really weren't all that funny, and to and use that as a methodology to get people to kind of think and to observe something that they might not otherwise have observed. And unfortunately, Hollywood has just kind of lost that talent over the years. And, yeah. and, and it's too bad. You're just not going to see shows like that anymore. It is. It is too bad. Finally, Brad, um, unsolved mysteries this week. This relates to the Japanese island of Shikoku. A scientists have found a 12 inch creature, which um, uh, was uh, off the uh, coast of the island of Shikoku in Japan. This creature has a grimacing face 
um, and pointed teeth, two hands, hair on its head and brow, um, but it looks like it has a fish-like lower half. So this is a 12-inch creature. Um, mummified mermaid is what they're calling it, and people are saying that this creature with a human face and tail, Brad, is proof positive that mermaids exist. Uh, so again, I, I th this is something that we have... Um, uh, sort of looked into, and I think we can both report that mermaids are real. Well, I, I mean, I'm looking at a picture here of this thing, and it certainly does appear mermaid-like. I mean, one of the things you want to be careful about that scientists have, you know, screwed up in the past is, you know, is this thing some sort of an aberration that did not survive because you know of its congenital defects as still happens with all forms of life in this day and age or was this a member of a group of more of these things and i guess that just remains to be seen but looking at the pictures it appears that it could have been alive even a couple of weeks ago i mean it is grimacing and it has its hands over its ears and it appears to me that it probably was watching global leadership deal with the pandemic, deal with Afghanistan, and finally the Ukraine. And that was just it for it. It just covered its ears. It, it screamed in agony. Its eyes popped out of its head, and it just died. No, and the fisherman who caught it, of course, Brad, didn't know it was a mermaid, wasn't sure, so he took it to Osaka, which I think anyone should do with anything that they're unclear about. Yeah, that's always been your and my approach, is if you don't know what's going on, if you've got a mystery on your hands, first stop, Osaka. Uh, you can learn more about us on our website, uh, ipfrequently.com. On the Instaface, at IP underscore frequently. We are here each and every week, 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern, 7 Pacific, everything in between. Uh, and we are taking you through your Saturday. Hopefully, you're not on the roads, because if you are, that means you're paying about $6 a gallon in uh, gasoline costs. And that's all caused by this current administration's incompetence. But we've already been through that, Brad. Next, we've given people instructions on how to change things. Uh, we told them to go to the um, polling places and vote. Uh, 2022 is a is a big uh, election year. And we are starting a new segment called Campaign 2022. Oh, well, there you go. I like and, it. And this is where we point out some of the candidates that we think are going to move the needle for our uh, listeners, people they should support. Um, first, Brad, on the list, Representative um, uh, Van Taylor, uh, named after Van Halen. Um, he's a rep here in Texas. He um, uh, recently ran in a pretty safe seat, recently ran into a little bit of trouble. Um, Brad, of course, Van Taylor is a is a fundamentalist Republican, very, very religious gentleman. Um, and uh, Texas third congressional district is a very conservative district. Um, uh, quickly, uh, last week after the primary announced that he was dropping out of the race, um, he said in the announcement, quote, about a year ago, I made a horrible mistake that caused me, uh, that caused deep hurt and pain uh, among those I love the most in this world. I had an affair. It was wrong. And it was the greatest um, failure of my life. Of course, Van uh, 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 Taylor had an affair with a, an ISIS bride, Brad. Um, a, uh, a, a, he, he had an affair with Tanya Joya. Uh, whose ex-husband joined ISIS in 2013. And um, I believe she was caught up in the whole ISIS thing as well. Um, I think there are like Joya 38. She claimed that uh, she met Taylor, who was a, a Marine veteran, Brad, you may have known him in the Corps. Um, <laughs> and uh, she met him on a campaign stop and they became very close. Apparently he promised uh, in a series of sexts to her um, that uh, if they had a physical relationship, he would leave his wife and kids for the ISIS, ISIS bride, and um, he, <laughs> he he uh, also gave her five thousand dollars five thousand dollars in campaign cash, uh, which is listen. I mean, for the first person who um, hasn't had a uh, an ISIS bride as part of a you know federal uh, money laundering scheme with campaign funds can cast the first stones, but. You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, but apparently he gave her five thousand dollars in cash, but only if she, quote, would keep her mouth shut about the uh, the affair. <laughs> um, so it, it apparently Miss um, Isis Bride, um, when she returned to the U.S. from Syria, where she joined her husband to fight, 
um, needed cash uh, to get back on her feet. And it was provided from the uh, campaign of Mr. Van Taylor. Um, again, I, I don't know if this necessarily uh, disqualifies him from Congress, but he is uh, he is stepping down. Well, unfortunately, it doesn't disqualify him from Congress, right? It disqualifies him from any sort of reasonable, rational human community, right? But it, it does not necessarily bar him from Congress. But who knows who's going to replace him? I mean, again, you got to look at the people you're voting for. And in his defense, though, he did issue a statement saying, quote, I want to apologize for the pain I have caused with my indiscretion, most of all to my wife and our three young daughters, end quote. So yeah. what a what a fiend he is. What a but, douche. Uh, God, God bless him. But Brad, moving on to an even better story, another leader that I think you're familiar with, you're very familiar with. Um, actually, I, I believe you voted for her on several occasions. You used to live in uh, the Sunshine State, Illinois. Um, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, a, a great leader, of course, came out with some of the strictest COVID policies in the country in Chicago and still went out and got her hair cut um, and dined out without masks because and I think she went to a, a, a big rage concert without a mask as well, because she's more important than you. Well, uh, Lori Lightfoot is in a little bit of hot water. Again, I think she's up for election in 2022 and people need to think about casting their vote for her. Uh, last year during a, and this is from a new public filing, I believe a complaint filed against her, um, uh, a city lawyer was asked to um, allow a, a statue of Christopher Columbus to be displayed in an Italian-American Columbus Day parade. Um, Lori Lightfoot became enraged at that and refused to let the uh, Italian group that had a permit for the parade display this statue, which was torn down, obviously, as part of the woke um, mob uh, of the past few years. Um, and in, in, in doing so and in rejecting that request, she said, quote, my D is bigger than your D to the lawyer. My D is bigger than the D's of all the Italians as well. Um, so there it is, Brad, Lori Lightfoot referencing her genitalia. Um, and, and she also went on to say, I have the biggest D in all of Chicago. Um, Brad, do you think that's true? And do you think that should inure to her benefit when she's up for reelection this year? Well, maybe. I mean, you know, much like yourself, I assume I have not investigated that aspect of one Lori Lightfoot. And so I cannot on this program where we, you know, obviously stick to the truth. I cannot say with definity that she does not have an overly outsized D. Now, my guess is that she does not. And my guess is that even if she has a D, which is possible, I mean, it is, after all, 2022. It is not the biggest in Chicago. There are a lot of people in Chicago, and just statistically, that's probably not true. Now, the better question is, does Lori Lightfoot believe she has a D and that it is big and that she should be announcing that? And the answer is almost certainly yes, because we let politicians get away with behavior like this, and so they just continue it. But again, we just have a series of issues here in our democracy that we're going to have to overcome if we want to get rid of behavior like this. Yeah, God bless her. Um, I think we maybe we just we, we're not clear on exactly whether or not people should vote to reelect her. Um, but obviously, she's swinging a big D. So we'll let that uh, we'll let that speak for itself. Next, Brad, we have a, a feature that we like to do. We like to call attention to some of the um, issues with uh, wildlife. Uh, we, we sort of call this our Mutual of Omaha minute, where we go into some issues with wildlife. Last week, we had the monkeys that were um, performing first aid, including um, the Heimlich. Uh, on other monkeys. Uh, this week, Brad, we are going to the problems that have befallen uh, some California mail carriers. Brad, uh, in, in Sacramento in particular, I believe near your old stomping grounds. Um, so perhaps you have um, uh, 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 uncovered or, or witnessed something like this in the past. Um, Michael Patton, a uh, spokesman for the U.S. Postal Service, uh, has issued a statement saying, we are currently launching an investigation of the incident with the turkey. Our employees have had several altercations with very aggressive turkeys in the Sacramento area, including a recent attack on a carrier which left a turkey dead. We have been working with the Department of Fish and Wildlife to mitigate this issue. 
Um, so Brad, apparently um, we had an issue with a uh, US Postal Service employee delivering the mail um, on Morse Avenue in Sacramento, which of course is several blocks south of Marconi Avenue, um, when he was attacked by um, uh, four local wild turkeys. Um, it was very aggressive. They surrounded, the turkeys surrounded this gentleman. And uh, as part of the altercation, one turkey was left dead. The other three were captured by California fish and, uh, and, and wildlife. Apparently, the uh, individuals in the neighborhood were, quote, infuriated that a mailman killed that turkey. Um, and uh, uh, the other half of the neighbors are uh, happy that the turkey is dead and wish that someone would kill all the other wild turkeys that are apparently um, a, a, a problem for the neighbors. So I guess, Brad, the question is, is this something you encountered when you were delivering papers back in uh, the day in Sacramento? And how would you handle a situation where you were surrounded by four rabid wild turkeys? Well, you know, for me, it wasn't turkeys and it wasn't Sacramento and it wasn't papers, but I have been surrounded by wolverines, uh, the uh, actual animal, not the comic book character, and it can be startling. And if I had at that point in time had a heavy bag full of largely junk mail, because that is the only thing that actually gets delivered by the U.S. Postal Service anymore, I can guarantee you I would have used it as a weapon. And I think the important thing here is that the U.S. Postal Service has one more noun to add to its very famous you know, sort of motto, neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night. And now they can say, look, wild turkeys, nothing is going to stop us from delivering this junk mail. And if we have to plow through some wild turkeys to do it, then that's what we're going to do. We have a very powerful union, so we're sure we're going to get decent medical care if we're attacked by a tur if we're attacked by a turkey. Um, junk mail needs to get where it's going, right? Otherwise, it just sort of piles up around, and we can't have that. And even in a place like California, which is clearly clearly reverting back to a stage where it is going to be run and managed by wild animals, which will be preferable to California's current leadership. Uh, the Postal Service ain't having it. This is a uh, problem. Uh, also, one of the Fish and Wildlife senior uh, uh, spokesmen said, quote, I've been with the department for 25 years and I have a little bit of experience with turkeys. And this was the biggest turkey I've, I've ever seen. So, uh, Brad, obviously, this is a, uh, a problem and uh, they've got the right people on the ground to handle it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a problem of clearly monumental proportions, buddy. And obviously, the people of California are managing their turkeys in the same way they manage the turkeys that they vote for to run the state. This is what you get. And if you're running a small business, no matter what the turkey says when it comes to the door, do not let it in. It is simply looking either for cracked corn or a fight. And apparently, according to the professionals, it is prepared to deal with both. I think a turkey may have gotten uh, my partner here, David. Hello? Sorry, Brad. Yeah, there was a turkey in the studio, and I, I, as you saw, I was chased out, but I'm back now. Speaking of turkeys, Brad, another turkey as we go to the royal report. We started with God Save the Queen. Prince Andrew is trying to figure out how to come up with the 12 million pounds, great British pounds needed to pay off um, his uh, sexual trafficking settlement. Um, the people in uh, the Treasury Department in Great Britain have said that it will not come from public funds. So apparently Prince Andrew, the Duke of York, although I don't think we can call him that anymore because I think he's been stripped of that title, um, went to Windsor Castle where he had an audience with Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornhole to try to borrow 12 million pounds. I'm not sure where Prince Charles would get it, Brad, other than through the public trough that he's been feeding at all his life. As we told you last week, he was coming back from a lovely trip to Closters, which is probably the most expensive ski resort in the country. Um, but what do you think, Brad? Do you think Andrew should use public funds to pay off the sex trafficking charge, or do you think he should just sort of try to maybe work it off. <laughs> well, I, I mean, he's not going to. That, that is a four-letter word when it comes to Prince Andrew. He is certainly not going to try and do anything to cover his own expenses. So imagine what that guy did and, you know, sort of what his choice of entertainment has been throughout his life. 
it is costing him over $12 million to get people to go away. Outrageous. Uh, finally, Brad, the Bronze Stevie Award winning uh, segment, Barter Band, where you and I come together and sometimes butt heads over whether things should be barred or banned. Uh, this week, Brad, we are taking everyone, and as we do often, into uh, major scientific research. This week, a new study has been published in the Sex Roles Journal of Research um, that uh, goes into bromances. And so the question is, should bromances be barred or banned? First, a little bit of, uh, little bit of background. A bromance is uh, defined as an as an emotionally intense bond between straight men, Brad. Um, this was a study of uh, 30 men, and, and there was sort of a broader survey, but I think they focused on 30 straight men out of 145. Um, and uh, uh, they, they, they had some interesting findings about bromances, um, Brad. So for example, uh, this is from the conclusions of the study, quote, there is a strong desire to cuddle and hug between bromantic friends, while kissing is just another way of showing straight affection. One of the students involved in the study, Brad, told the uh, scientists conducting it that uh, you can, quote, lie in bed with your bromance, have a cuddle, or just talk, um, while another talked about their bromance as a cuddle buddy. A third said that hugging, snuggling, and sex jokes were, car were a core part of their bromance, Brad, a bromance. Um, so this, uh, this is a study that's been going on since 2012, um, and it's, it, it found that 89% of the original 145 involved um, in, 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 the, in the undergraduate heterosexual men's study um, had kissed other men on the lips and snuggled with them. Uh, and, and, and finally, another participant, Brad, and I'm trying to give you all the data here, said, quote, guys nowadays in my generation, there is so much kissing between guys. It's just showing affection. I hug and kiss my bromance and tell him I love him. Um, and also, quote, uh, a lot of people like to be naked around their bromances. Um, uh, Brad, what do you uh, what do you think about this? Well, you, you can do whatever you want here. Call it whatever you want. But we are going to bar or ban you from the realm or the uh, roles of the straight heterosexual male. We're also going to bar or ban studies that purport to illustrate an entire swath of humanity, <laughs> such as men, and have 30 subjects. There, there are some minor flaws in it, but the next time you come to town, Brad, I think we should uh, you know, sit down and maybe... Um... Stop. Contemplate the rules of our uh, particular bromance. <laughs> Apparently, there are no boundaries anymore, Brad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say bard, buddy. This is one of those occasions where you and I are all on the same page, and we'll stay on that page for the remainder of the week until we see you again here on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently, once again clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.